Grace New Hope in the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, Randy is teaching on the story of Christmas. Please turn your Bibles to Malachi 3, verses 1 through 5, as we enter into the Christmas season. Let's listen now. So whatever it is that you need a God to do today, I have really good news for you. He is Emmanuel. He is the one who is God with us. He is the one who will not fail. And in those moments that it looks like it's absolutely the worst, my experience has been this. That's when he shows up the biggest. Sometimes not in the way we choose. Sometimes not in the way we would even want. But he won't fail. He won't fail. So Jesus, we come before you this morning and we lift to you the needs in this body, and they are many, the, the people that are watching online, the needs that, that they have as well. We, we have sickness. There is, there is disease. There is physical pain. There is emotional pain. There is family brokenness. There are all those things. There is job insecurity. There are fears for tomorrow. It's, it's Christmas and it's finances and it's all those things. And for half of the adults in this room, this is the loneliest month of the year. Because we think about what we have, but we also think about what we've lost. But somehow, somehow, because you are in the midst of it all, you can take all that and you can somehow make it good. And I don't even know how you do it. You just do. You just do. So we lift those needs to you right now, just in our hearts, just in our spirits to you. We lift the things we don't even want to talk about to anybody. And we are thankful that we bring those not to an idea, not to a legend, not to a happy thought, not even a, a Hallmark movie story. We bring those to the God of the universe, the maker, the creator, the redeemer of all things, who also happens to be our father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen. And they greeted each other. All right. So say hello to each other. You can wave. You can fist bump. And if you'd stay standing and open your Bibles up to the book of Malachi, or if you're Italian, Malachi. I know it's bad and it ain't going to get better. Okay. Malachi chapter three, verse one. I just want to read the first verse today. We're opening up this, this series. And, and if you saw it uh, on your grace notes there, it's the story of Christmas. This is going to be, this is going to be so fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about Christmas Eve. Um, by the way, get reserved for that. We're doing, we're only doing two services unless we 
like totally pack those two out early and then we'll figure it out. But um, we're, bring, we're taking these chairs out. We're bringing little chairs in so we can get lots of people in. We can put about 600 people in the room. Uh, we're excited about it. It's gonna be a great, hey, Ryan. Um, it's, gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a great, great Christmas Eve. Um, we're gonna, it, the kids are gonna love it. It's just gonna be a great thing. And then Christmas morning, we've got a video, a 15-minute video. And uh, at the end of that, there's a little surprise. Uh, so we want you to just stay home with your family on Christmas morning. But it's gonna be a great, the 18th is Kids Sunday. It's just gonna be, Brian Hull's preaching next week. Next weekend's Fallout. Uh, we've got, I think we've got 100 people coming from our church. Do we, are we at 100 yet? Where are we at? 97. So we got, we need to get three kids signed up for fallout. Okay. That'll be our biggest ever. I mean, praise Jesus in the midst of what? I mean, yes. And, um, and thank you guys for being faithful. You guys. And let me just say this as a dad. Thank you guys for being so good to Daniel last week when he preached just all those texts and stuff. My mother-in-law told me he's better than me. So uh, she made it really clear, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. So I would be fine with that, by the way. We're gonna be talking about the story of Christmas. There are lots of stories about Christmas. There's the Grinch, and, and there's the Nutcracker, and there's Santa. And listen, you are not gonna get rants from me about those things. Those are fine stories. Watch the Hallmark movies. Let me just admit, okay, I do not cry over physical pain. I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I have not cried over physical pain since I was like 10, but I cry at Hallmark movies. It's embarrassing. We were watching one the other day. Is there anybody else in the room that does that? Any, no, you're not gonna admit. Come on, Mark. You, 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 I mean, I was watching a Hallmark movie the other day and I was like, and, there was, and Dr. Hamilton was there from, from Asbury, my, my mentor and teacher. And we're watching this Hallmark movie and I'm like, oh, I got a cold, you know? And I was trying to cover it up, but it's like, I, the, it's cheesy, but it gets me, you know? Those are all fine stories, but that's not the story. Those are all stories. Those are okay. Those are okay. That's not the story. That's not these. We're going to read the story today. It's Advent. It's the preparation for something. It's, it's a Latin word. The Greek verb, the Greek word, by the way, for Advent is, is parousia, which is the set, which most of the time we talk about the second coming of Jesus. So the devotions this week are about the second coming of Jesus. The, the parousia, but this is the first parousia, the first coming of Jesus, the, the advent, that, and there's a preparation for that. We're going to talk about that. Malachi chapter three, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Here's the first word here in this. That's Jesus, the Lord. There's all kinds of names of God here. I would encourage you to circle them when you sit down in your Bible. The Lord, that's the word Adonai, by the way, whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple. Here's another one. He's the messenger of the covenant. We're gonna celebrate the covenant today with communion, a reminder of our salvation. He's the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And by the way, that's not voted on. He is coming. The first time. It wasn't voted on. He's coming. The second time, it's not voted on. It doesn't matter how many people say they don't believe. He ain't asked. This is not a referendum. There is no special election for this one. Okay? 
The church will be full on December 6th, and, and as it, we have a special, there's no special election. He's showing up. He's coming. Y'all can be seated. Here we go. The, the question is, are we excited about that? But I will send my messenger. We're going to talk about who that is in just a second. And he will prepare the way before me. That's our role, church, to prepare the way before me. We're going to watch and see where he goes in preparing the way for us. And the Lord, the Lord whom you seek. That's an assumption, isn't it? Are we seeking him? Or is Jesus kind of like Cousin Eddie? Picture. Yeah. All right. Or is, is he like that person that shows up at Christmas or Thanksgiving? And everybody's got that person in their family. Don't imagine them. But you've all got that person in your family. It's like, okay, are they going to come to Thanksgiving? You know, and they just show up. And they bring the green jello. And And... Is, is Jesus that way? Do, do, do we want the one who he is? There's this assumption here that he will, is, is the one that we seek. It says he will suddenly come to his temple. He just shows up. In Luke 2.22, Simeon and Anna have been at the temple worshiping. Uh, prophet, prophetess, they're, they're there worshiping. I, I encourage you to read the story on your own in Luke chapter two. And, and it says that, that they see Jesus and they know. It, my life has been worth it. An entire life lived and they see this child and it's worth it. That's not Cousin Eddie. No, that's a whole different anticipation of one who would be there. That's a whole different anticipation of one who is coming. And they were so excited to see him. And then Jesus comes back to the temple, it says, when he's 12, and, and they're excited to see Jesus because the Pharisees and the Sadducees are listening to him. And he's this child prodigy. And it's kind of cool to hear all his stories and stuff. And it's kind of cool. But then he shows back up again when he's about 31 and it's not so cool to them anymore. Is it a good thing that Jesus is coming to Christmas? Is it a good thing to us? Is that something we actually want? Or is he Cousin Eddie? Is he the one that shows up somewhat inconveniently in our life in these places that we would actually rather him not show up? It's an, it's an interesting thing. I, the, you know, there's another movie I'm not really going to get into this deeply, but, but there's a movie called Talladega Nights, and there's a character in there, and, and he wants to pray to the sweet baby Jesus. Why? Because you can contain him, can't you? He's a baby. We got babies in the room this morning. A baby only goes where you put it. It doesn't just show up. That's not what he does here, though, does he? He says, no, the Lord whom you seek will will." will suddenly come to the temple. That word suddenly, in, in, the, in the Hebrew, it, it, it's saying it's kind of good and it's kind of not. Some are excited and some are not. It, it, he, there's, no, there's no fanfare. He's just there. Can, 
Can you imagine Simeon and Anna? They're just, they're there, they're worshiping at the temple and they bring Jesus and there's something there in their spirits that they know this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting on. But, but there's no fanfare. The, the, the Sadducees and Pharisees don't walk in before and go, hey, here he is. The, the Romans don't part the way. There's no special sacrifice. It's this, it's this meager, meek couple that come in with this little baby. But then he comes back at 12, and then he comes back at 31, and it's very different. He, he says that he is now the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Again, an assumption. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. This is the question I ask you for this first section. Will you be the messenger? This is what John says. They said to John in John chapter one, verse 19, they said, are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you the Christ? He goes, no, listen, I'm the voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. That's our job, church. That has been our job. That has always been our job to worship him and be this, this visual representation of the body of Christ on this earth. That has always been our job. That's your role. In each and every environment that God puts you in, and he puts you in all these different places. Verse two. But who can endure the day of his coming? Wow, this sounds a little ominous. Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner. Again, here's another description of him. A refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. The, the refiner's fire was, was the one that you would put the silver and you would put the gold in, and all the dross, all the garbage burns up. Silver, by the way, is harder to purify than gold. You put it in this fire, you have to get it hotter, and anything that's not real will show itself. Any metal that's not silver and gold will, will show itself, and it can be taken out, or if it's, if it's, if it's dirt, it'll be burned off. And it, he's, he says he's refining it, or like fuller soap, fuller soap. Any all, if you grew up in the country, we used to have this thing called lye soap. Anybody remember that? I mean, there's like, yeah, listen, it's not comfortable. It burns. No, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not Dove beauty cream. It, it's not 99.9% it's not pure. It's pure when it's done because there isn't anything alive on the surface of your skin after lye soap has been on there. That's, the, that's essentially what this is, the fuller soap. It's this, it's this very caustic thing that, that's happening He's this refiner's fire. And look what he's purifying. He's purifying the sons of Levi. This is the priest. This is supposed to be the pattern for the nation. But now, Exodus 19.6 tells us, we're, a king, we're gonna be a kingdom of priests. That, that each and every part of the church is supposed to be in the same place. Each and every one of us, listen, I'm the pastor of the church. I'm one of the elders of the church. We have elders of the church. We have volunteers in the church. We have shepherds. We have, we have small group leaders. But each and every part of the church spiritually has the same responsibility. They're, they're, and, and I apologize for the fact that, that the church, capital C, has let things happen. I get the emails every week. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. I have a, a friend that, that, is, that wants to love Jesus, and, but they, they look at all the stuff, and we have this conversation all the time, and I just say, I'm sorry. I, I'm, 
It's not supposed to be that way. This is what he says. He says it's, it's going to be this cleansing within God's people first. He's going to purify it. It says, and then, and then they will bring offerings in, in righteousness. This is the offering. And it's, it's the refining that's going to happen, this righteousness. I would ask you this question this morning. Do you want the refining or do you just want the reference? Do you want to be able to say, yeah, I'm a Christian? Do you, do you want, when you, when you stand before him, to go, yeah, I'm in? Or do you want that refining? The refining's not fun. It's not fun. December 1st, I put this on my Facebook page. My birthday's at the end of the month. Anybody that's got an issue with me, please let me know. Message me, call me, text me, because I am not perfect. But I want refining. I do. I deeply want that. <laughs> Simeon Bell was our youth pastor here, and he, he went up and was doing ministry where his parents were, and Simeon called me um, in the summer and said, hey, Randy, will you be a reference for me? And I said, sure, Simeon, I'd love to be a reference for you. So I was a reference for him. He called me Wednesday night. We were on our way up to Anita, see Anita's parents, and, and well, I actually got a text first, and, and we, were, we, had, we went to Indianapolis, and then we drove on up to Fort Wayne because it cost like $5,000 to fly to Fort Wayne. So we flew to Indianapolis, and, and we took a car up, to, up there, and I was in the car, and Anita was driving, and because we get there faster when Anita's driving, because I'm looking around and looking at everything. And, 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 I, and I said, hey, I'll, I'll call you back you know, when we get up there, and I'm not in the car. And I called him, and he's like, I got the job, Randy. He goes, now I have to like do the job. He goes, will you help me? And I'm like, of course, I'll, whatever you need, I'll help you. I'll, I'll come to where you're at. I'll do anything to help you. There's a, there's a difference between wanting the reference and wanting the refining. Do we want Jesus in that safe little space of being sweet baby Jesus? Or do we want his refining in our life? Because when we do, when we do, there's a blessing that happens. Look, look at this. Because the, the sad days are going to be gone when there's the refining, when we actually get to the place where we, where we want him he says, then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old. The, the blessing is that the offering is pleasing. You remember the Karate Kid movie? I, I feel, I, sorry, Daniel. Daniel, how many times did you hear? Daniel, son. You know, if I, I would say that to him, he would, you know, he would come in and go, dad, can we, you know, buy some wheels for my Camaro? And I would say, Daniel, son, lesson to teach you here. Remember the, remember the whole movie? What did, what did, what did Daniel LaRusso wanted? He just wanted karate. He just, he just wanted to know how to you know, open up a can. That's all he wanted to know. What did Mr. Miyagi want to do? Wax on, wax off. You know, paint the fence, remember? Both hands. You know, for me, it was clean the stall, you know, mop the floor. Daniel didn't want all those lessons. But then all of a sudden it made sense. All of a sudden, it was about, no, God was preparing us, Mr. Miyagi's preparing Daniel-san for the, for the battle. All the things that he's doing is preparation because he says that there's going to be this refining so we can bring in offerings. He says, and then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord. Parents, in about 
28 days, your kids are gonna open up gifts and you're gonna be sitting there wondering, do they, are they happy and excited about these or did I just waste 30 bucks? This is what he's saying. This is the offering that he wants, this offering of righteousness. It takes refining first. The refining is not fun. Refining is almost never fun. It's almost never comfortable. If you're in that place of refining right now, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. But he makes you, he puts you in that place so that you will be this offering that he can take in and enjoy. You will be pleasing. He says, and then watch this, verse five, because there's a change. You could even put a slash right here because he's been talking about preparing his people. But then it says, then I will draw near to you for judgment. And that sounds like, oh, he's coming to me for judgment. I will be a swift witness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not coming to judge us here. No, that's done. That's done. That's happened. No, he is coming and he's, he says, I'll come near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness, not against you, against the sorcerers and adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hard worker in his wages, the widow, the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner. He's refining his church, and then he comes near his church, and this is what he says. He says, look at my church, world. That's you, but I'm the swift witness. I'm the one who comes quickly, suddenly witness to say, I want you to see, this is my church. This is the way it's supposed to be. That's what he calls us to. To be that swift witness. I was at, I was at physical therapy on Tuesday and, and I'm, and I'm laying there on this table and I'm in, I'm getting traction and, and, you know, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden I hear this guy talking to my physical therapist and he gets there and, and I can't see him cause I'm on this table and, and, and this guy, he, I can hear he's on some sort of a bike and, and he goes, he says to my physical therapist, he goes, did you see the soccer, the USA um, Wales soccer match? And my physical therapist says, yeah. He goes, you know, we, we got a draw. And, and the guy goes, yeah, we would have won if it hadn't for that Zimmerman kid because he just messed up so bad with that dumb foul. And I said, I said, listen, sir, I can't see you right now because I'm in traction. But I hear you're on some sort of bicycle over there. I need to explain something to you. That Zimmerman kid, I love that kid. He goes, you're a fan? I go, no, I was his youth pastor for seven years. I still talk to him. I messaged him yesterday. I got a heart back. You didn't get a heart back from Walker Zimmerman, did you? No, we're tight. I'm gonna call his dad right after I leave here. It's on my agenda to do, on my plan today. That's gonna be my encouragement call. I'm gonna call his dad. I said, you need to very carefully choose the next words that come out of your mouth about Walker Zimmerman because as soon as I get out of traction, I'm coming over there to have a word with you. There is a reason why Walker Zimmerman is on the U.S. national team. He's the finest center back that the USA has. You are not, sir. There is a reason why they chose him. There's a reason why. And I said, he saved three goals. If you have the awareness of being, no, listen, I said all this, I promise you. Go ask my physical therapist. It got very uncomfortable very fast. I was the swift witness. I was the one who drew near for judgment. 
But you see, I wasn't going to sit there and listen to some guy like me in physical therapy diminish Walker Zimmerman because he's an amazing soccer player. And after we beat Iran, I was the other night, I was like, man, please just put, put a, we had all those corner kicks and I'm like, just give Walker a chance to just head that ball in. That would be so amazing. But he's a great soccer player. He's always been a great soccer player. And he's a great young man. And I just wasn't going to listen to it. This is what God is doing right here. He says, no, I'm going to be the witness against all of this stuff that's going on in the world. And the the world's going to see my church. My church. And there's going to be no word against my church. There's going to be no word. And he comes down to this specific thing. He says, He says, this is their sin. They don't fear me. But my church does. My people do. Because I come to the temple and they're glad that I'm there. And the sad days are going to be over. Flip over to Isaiah. I put put this in in your grace notes. He says, this is, Chapter 40 of Isaiah, verse one. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that the sad days are gone. Her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice for all her sins. Listen, you remember when you were a kid and you got in trouble at school? Now, you do realize this is the problem in our schools today, okay? When I was a kid and I got in trouble at school, school was the last thing I was worried about. Mr. Mr. Glass I got in trouble in sixth grade with Miss Goins, this amazing teacher. I need, to, I need to see if she's still alive. She was a great teacher. Mr. Glass had this paddle. He had drilled holes in it so you could hear it whistle before it hit you. I was never really that concerned about Mr. Glass's paddle. But I knew if I got paddled at school when I got home, you remember this? You, you get home and my mom had a, my mom had a, a meet and three restaurant. It was breakfast and lunch. And she would, she would be at the house. And about the time I would get home and I would wonder, you know, has the phone call happened yet? And then, you know, she'd be like, oh, we got milk and cookies today. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. What, I don't remember what I got. In, I got in trouble. I got sent to the office, got paddled. I don't remember what it was for. I'm sure it was talking um, when I wasn't supposed to. And, and, and I'm, you know, but mom gave me milk and cookies and you know, everything was fine. I'm, I go outside and play. And then dad comes home and I'm like, oh, wait, she's saving up for dad. And then nothing happens. We have dinner. Everything seems fine. Seems normal. Then, you know, the evening comes. I go to bed. We say our prayers. I get up the next day. It, it was Saturday. I remember it well. We go the whole day. And I'm staying really close to dad so I can cut the phone call off. And then, and then there's this, and then he gets this phone call in the middle of the day and he's like walking, you know, and I'm trying to follow him. And, you know, it wasn't so hard back then because the phones had cords and, you know, you can only go so far. And I'm like following him around just to see, you know, so maybe I can, you know, interject some of my points in this thing. And, and then I realize it's not that. And, and then he gets another call and, and finally, finally about about three o'clock in the afternoon, dad, dad opens up a Coca-Cola, those little bottles, you know, 
We sat down outside. He goes, you have something you want to tell me? I said, what? He goes, you want to tell me something? You've been following me around all day long. What'd you do? I said, do you know? He goes, what'd you do? I said, did you know? <laughs> he goes, I know. I said, why didn't you punish me last night? He said, I wanted to see if you'd tell me about it first. This is what, look, look at Isaiah. He says, the Lord's punished her twice for her sin. The sins have been paid for. Listen, it's the voice of shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves. By the way, what country song is that? It's the theme from the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, oh, it's in there. Waylon Jennings. Smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Isaiah is saying such a similar thing to what Malachi says, that there is going to be this refining that God is going to do. And look, and all people will see it together. This is what God is doing. And he's saying, there's gonna be some discipline. There's gonna be, there's gonna be some refining. But I'm not coming to judge you. Your sins have been paid for. The judgment, isn't, the judgment isn't God coming to judge us. That, that has happened for us. That, that's Isaiah 52 and 53. That's what Jesus does on the cross. Hebrews chapter 12, five and six. Have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Not because he's trying to harm us. The advent, he comes and he comes to be with us. He comes. And we have these two things that, that he's called us to do. First of all, we, we prepare. And the second of all, we enjoy. When I was, when I was 15, there were these two guys that helped in my youth group. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Billy and Paul. And Billy was a little bit older guy. He was, a, he was a seminary student, and Paul was younger. He was a college student. And Billy was this great teacher and really great worship leader, and Paul was just cool. Paul was just the guy that every guy in the youth group wanted to be like. And they did this skit one day. And Billy was acting like he was a teenager, and and. The, the phone rings. Well, it starts off, he's praying and he's saying, he's saying, Jesus, it's great to be with you. And Paul's in the back and, and he's like the, the character of Jesus. And he's like, yeah, it's great being with you too. And he goes, you know, I just love the way you're showing me your word. And he's like, yeah, I, I love showing you that. Well, I wrote it, you know, I inspired it. So, so I know it. And yeah, and it's just, it's just so great. And, and I'm loving every minute and, and you're changing me and, and I, and I love it. And he's like that. I love that. And he goes, and I just sense your presence. And, and he's like, well, I love being, I'm actually right here with you. And, you know, so they're doing this character and, and then the phone rings and Billy's like, Hey, yeah, party. Oh yeah. Great. And Jesus walks close and, and Billy walks away. But again, we had cords back then, so it was limited. And 
And he's like, he's like, oh, at Ted's house, okay. And, and the Jesus character, Paul goes, goes, Ted, that's your friend you were gonna introduce me to. We're going to his house, that's amazing. Oh, Sally's gonna, oh, yeah, oh, Sally. He goes, oh, Sally, Sally desperately needs to meet me. Okay, all right, all right, see ya. He hangs the phone up. He turns to the Jesus character and goes, hey, um, I gotta go out. He goes, wait, we're going to a party, right? Jesus, you you wouldn't wanna go to a party. Are you kidding me? Have you read the Gospels? I was the party. I'm the one who got everybody in trouble at the party. You, You wouldn't want to do this. My friends, I'm wanting to meet your friends. You're going to introduce me to your, no, Jesus, you you don't, no. There's going to be girls there. Jesus is like, the Jesus character is like, listen, again, have you read the book? I mean, you, listen, I'm in, I'm in the tomb. You know who comes to get me? It's girls. Disciples are all afraid. It's girls. You know, women could trust me. That's, that's the whole point, Billy. And finally, Billy goes, Jesus, you need to understand this. I don't want you there. And he goes, well, I'm going. Stop me. And he takes his hand and he puts it up here and he takes his hand and he puts it up here. And Billy walks out of the room. Do we want Jesus for Christmas? Or do we want a facsimile of Jesus? A little piece of Jesus, a little idea of Jesus, a sweet baby Jesus, or, or, or just our containment, or, or the story of Santa, or the Grinch, or the Nutcracker, which are all fine stories, or do we want the story? Um, Michaela shared her tech, got baptized last week, and shared her testimony, and she did it second hour, and I just wanted her to do that uh, this morning. So Michaela, uh, come on up here. I saw her earlier. There she is. Okay, all right. I'm gonna stay up here with her. Um, but Michaela, I've got to watch um, you invite Jesus in. Um, and, and watch this process. And uh, so I'm just gonna be right here and you're gonna be, okay? So you guys welcome Michaela. Um, mental illnesses plagued my life for four years. Isolation, paranoia, anxiety, obsessions, depression, all that and worse. This summer, I was encouraged to go to church. For the past six months, this particular church and its people have given me so much I honestly could never repay. They don't even want to keep count, so I will. The second I entered, I was taken in and loved, hasn't stopped since. I get to be encouraged by people who do for me just because I'm there. I have found community surrounded by successful, godly people 
who want nothing more than to see me succeed in life and spirit. I was led to God. Getting to know him is fascinating. It's grounding. Now I see what happens when love and devotion is invested into God. Just look at his people. (laughs) The love fills you up and overflows into the next person. Look at me. (laughs) Slowly but surely, I am changing. I have the mind to ask each and every person I met at this church why they do such a thing as to decide to know and love me. I think I now know the answer. They'd say, once upon a time, their life sucked, and they were encouraged to go to church. The love and power of God makes life no longer feel impossible, but it's manageable only because of him. To me, it's been a very slow, very difficult process becoming a better person. Yet what I've realized is God was there through it all, and he didn't bat an eye. He, um, he is not a passive God. Uh, and he will not be contained. But why would you want him to be? So would you guys stand with me? Lord Jesus, as we receive these elements, this reminder of this messenger of the covenant who would come. And he would be the one who would refine us, purify us as his people. And then you will step into this world through the power of your spirit, through the witness of your church, and be that swift witness. You will be the one who will bring judgment, but not to destroy, but to redeem. That's your nature. And I pray as we would spend some time looking at the story of Christmas we would be reminded that this was your plan all along and you're not done with us yet. So we'll take communion every week. We'll come and pray every week. We'll bring our failures and our successes to you every week. We'll come back and we'll worship again every week. We'll open up in our Bible studies. We'll confess our sins to one another. We'll repent and we'll forgive each other and we'll go on every week because we want that refinement. We don't just want the reference. We want you. We want you. We want to be that pure and pleasing offering of righteousness that you offer. And we won't stop until it's more and more and more like that. And the beautiful thing is at each week, at each step, at each phase, you smile and you say, the sad days are over. I accept you now, right now, the way you are, where you are right now. And you don't quit on us. So as we would receive these elements and be reminded, Lord, remind us once again that that's who you are and you love us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.